0: It's Happy Hour from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Collins Hotel. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just three of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans. And you'll get to hear some live music, much like you're hearing now, as our piano player, Mitch Foreman, is off, and our guitar player, Randy Jackson from Zebra, is on. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music, but you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing but enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together. My guests sitting around the table here at the Collins Hotel are in no particular order except left to right. Perhaps major person is the marketing manager at Synergy Outdoors. Synergy Outdoors is the company behind Wild Game Innovations, which specializes in helping you find, track, and hunt wild animals. You look like such a nice guy (laughs) as well.
1: Quite deceiving.
0: Major travels and films for a hunting show called Wild Game Nation, which you can see Sundays at 8.30 on the Outdoor Channel. What about that? That's really true, all that stuff I just read, is it? All true. Okay. Moving around the table, Dr. Mark Smith is a screenwriter, a licensed celebrant who performs weddings, eulogies, roasts, and at children's birthday parties. (laughs) Dr. Smith was a touring blues musician in Europe before moving to New York City, where he was a bartender for 15 years. Dr. Smith now lives in New Orleans, where he leads a life he describes as less role model and more cautionary tale. Good afternoon, Dr. Smith. Well, thank you, Greg. I'm Presumably, you're a doctor of some description as well. Yes, I am. Okay, well, we'll get on to that in a moment as well. And sitting to my right, playing acoustic guitar, beautifully as always, is Randy Jackson, one of New Orleans' most successful musicians. Randy is the Are you going to stop now?
2: Hello. i got to give myself that F minor. Okay. No, I'm not stopping. Here I go.
0: Okay. Randy is the guitarist, singer, and songwriter for the band Zebra zebra have been together since 1975 they've sold over two million records and sold out stadiums across the country and around the world zebra's most recent local gig was this year when they played jazz fest for the first time in their 37 year history as well as fronting zebra randy jackson has an impressive solo career which includes acoustic singer-songwriter shows and recordings and appearances as a guitarist and vocalist with symphony orchestras across the country Welcome gentlemen, it's an all boys show again here today. Oh. We've got hunting, writing and rock and roll <laughs> on hunting, Happy Hour. Writing and rock and roll. Not bad. <laughs> I'm you stealing know. it. <laughs> okay, you can use that. <laughs> Randy, thanks for playing us in there. Mitch Foreman's off today, so we you went with the guitar.
2: Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me do it. Very oh, nice 12-string and everything. Yep, yep.
0: Do you have what do you have a double neck guitar with a 12-string and a 6-string?
2: I actually do, yeah, and it's getting rewired right now after what, 30 what happened? years.
0: I don't know what, what happened. happened. I mean, after
2: 30 years you open up you open up guitars and you You know, you mess with them, you change the pickups, you rewire them, you watch them rust. And then one day somebody calls you and said, you know what, we need to fix that guitar for you. And so I shipped it off and it's getting repaired right now. I think it's in Kentucky. B.C. Rich. It's the name of the company. They could just call you and say, "We
0: well, heard you playing that thing, and it sounded like crap."
3: <laughs> yeah, they, they
2: said it sounds a little rusty. We want our we want our guitar sounding better, so I shipped it back to them. They got two of my guitars actually right now. They're rewiring the whole things for me. I thought that thought that was very nice, just out of the blue. So, so it
0: has two necks, like you see. Like, yeah, you know,
2: it's got two necks. One's a twelve string, one's a six string. And, and who uh, came
0: up with that idea of the double neck guitar? That's
2: first one okay. that I know of is Gibson. You know, the one that Jimmy Page used to play. Uh, in the, it was a. Uh, s g model guitar. did he start
0: that did Jimmy Page start that because he needed two different tunings or two different guitars for a song or something was uh, he the first guy to do that
2: no there were, it was there were guys with the double neck guitars in the 50s but I think ah. he made it famous right you know, he, made, he made it cool he made it very
0: cool mm-hmm. to do so yeah it 's almost a sort of a um, it's almost a sort of a cliche, a sort of a heavy metal cliche, the double neck guitar for some reason.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know if they had one in Spinal Tap, but they had a. Didn't Did they have a miniature one or something?
0: <laughs> a token
2: double neck. Do
0: people talk to you about Spinal Tap much, Randy?
2: Yeah. Well, I th- the first time I saw Spinal Tap was you know in New York, and I was with a record company guy, and we were both a little bit, let's say, out of it and yes. we were staring at the screen, and we didn't think it was funny at all. Really? No, <laughs> it was really. Was know, it, it insulting? No, was it wasn't because it was insulting. I think we were so we were so stoned. Too to we were too stunned to, to laugh at Spinal, spinal yeah. Tap. And then, you know, I saw it, the next time I saw it, I was laughing, you know, rolling on the floor. It is a classic
0: film. Yeah, it's Mark, great. when was the it's first great. time you saw Spinal Tap?
4: Well, it's uh, probably around the same time. I mean, uh, probably one of the most quoted mu- movies of all times, and, and one that I, I try to live by is... Uh, there's a fine line between clever
0: and stupid. That is one of the great lines of all time, <laughs> along with Goes Up to 11. Yep. And what were the other ones? Have you ever seen it, Major? I have. I have. You it's, have, it's, good memory Because you, were, a... you weren't even born when that came out or anything.
1: <clears throat> well, was there a satire movie that came out after the same one that you, uh, the producer did a uh, parody of dog shows? Mm-hmm. Yes. Best, Best, Best in, in show. show. Same right. guys. Did they do a parody of the Spinal Tap?
0: Well, Spinal Tap is a parody, Mm. Spinal Tap's not true, by the way.
1: Oh, I I realize
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first one, was this is Spinal Tap. That was Rob Reiner made that.
2: Yeah, there was another movie similar, I think, what was it? It was like the folk guitar thing.
0: Mighty wind. The, Mighty wind. Wind. The, the
2: Mighty Wind. Yes. Is that the one Chris you're talking G. about? It might be. The, the Mighty Wind. wind. Pretty, a Mighty wind.
0: humorous. That was really funny, too. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's all the same guys. What's the right. guys? Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, right. yes. Now, you're from New York, right, Dr. Smith? That's correct. What are you a doctor of? Let's get there Doctor of
4: Divinity. Come on now. Is this... No, absolutely. <laughs> really? Yes, absolutely. Does that,
0: does that make, you a, it doesn't make you an ordained minister or
4: anything? Uh, well, I, actually, I am. And, uh, you know, in uh, two different churches. And uh, that's why I'm a which celebrant church?
0: here. What, which church? Satan? Uh,
4: no, no. The first, uh, U- Universal Life.
0: Universal Life Church uh, of Modesto, and, California.
4: Right. And also the Church of Dudism. Dudism. Right. Dudeism. <laughs> Dudism. Right. Dudeism. Dudeism. You, 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 the dude. saw the, you saw the Big Lebowski, Leba- right? The Big yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's Church of Dudism. Okay. Okay. And if you, you know, you can see it. And you could be a you know, one, too. Well, I took those... Uh, Two titles of divinity, and I registered down here. And I found out I could get licensed, and I performed weddings. And oh, that's Like great. I've said.
0: So you're an actual doctor of divinity from the Universal Life Church of Modesto, California. That's correct. I signed up for that too many years ago and became a celebrant for a dollar. I paid a dollar to become like a reverend. Oh, you I, got I guess off. I could call myself reverend. Yeah, you should How much did you pay back. to become a doctor? Nothing. Free? Free. Really? Mm-hmm. But you actually <laughs> go around calling yourself doctor. I can. And I do.
4: I'm a doctor in in much the same way that um, Hunter Thompson was a doctor.
0: Well, I don't know whether he was or not, was he? Well, he he
4: always listed as Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, but he wasn't really a doctor. Oh, no, in just the same way. He also got the same uh, universal life.
0: You know, That's uh, amazing to have the balls to actually call yourself a doctor. though. <coughs> well, we try, yeah. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> but you, but you really do it. You sign your name and so on, and, and yeah,
4: and you're you're signed up and ready to roll. Like I said, I'm registered here in New Orleans. All you got to do is go to city hall, take your documents in. What documents from the
0: Universal Life Church? Oh,
4: yeah, you get it printed out. You get a certificate now, you know, and you can print it out. Or, or you can send it and get a really nice one that's all laminated and colored and everything. And uh, also with Church of Judaism as well.
0: The Church of Judaism, is, is that related to the movie The Big Lebowski? Or is it yes, it is. just Oh yeah, well, it's, it's actually the well, guys it, who made it, you the know, movie. Well, they like have the Le- they have
4: Lebowski fests all over the country, right? Yeah, and so they have this, and they have like you know they great dudes through history and the Church of dudism and and a lot a lot of books, a lot a lot of stuff that goes along. But has with it
0: got anything to do with the Coen brothers who made the movie? Oh yeah, they're involved. in Oh this?
4: no, not the Cohen brothers. No, no, this is off the side. But just look up dudism.com. You'll, it's fascinating. <laughs> and anyway And I have my certificate from there And I took it down to City Hall And went there And they said Okay this is great You know Just gave me a sheet They said have this notarized Bring it back in and Then gave me my license And you know I Performed weddings And they're totally legal Right And uh, you know
0: What did you What did you have to pay The City of New Orleans for that Is that free as well It's free It's all free He's an ordoomed minister. <laughs>
1: uh, 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 uh. Can you wear? Can you wear the uh, the Birkenstock sandals when you perform? Them? Oh
4: no, no, no! Those are illegal in my country.
0: <laughs> and how many
4: weddings are you doing these days, Doctor? Uh Well, let's see. Um, Doctor have divinity. I've got I've got two scheduled uh, for August. And uh, so but
0: whoever you marry is legally married them. And how, how do they find you? These people? Are oh, they
4: the, uh, just friends. Well, friends. Friends and friends of friends, they recommend it. You know, you know how people like to write their own vows, you know? So mm-hmm. we all sort of pitch in and, you know, see what, what works for everybody.
0: Have you been an actor in your past?
4: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm working a lot down here right now, you know, just because, like, uh, there's so much, like, extra work back. Right now, I'm a John Cusack's double.
0: You don't look anything like John Cusack.
4: Well, I'm his double, okay? <laughs> really? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: What is he? he's like? A, he's like, is he the same height as you or
4: something? Yes, he is. He's six. Same hair. Yeah, six, you yeah, know, six four. We have the same coloring. We're both from Illinois. Yeah, I can see
0: it. Yeah, the hair. And the really? The hair yeah. hair's yeah. the same.
4: Yeah, we're both from Illinois. And, uh, you know, so he's shooting a movie called Motel. And uh, I'm doubling for him right now. And
0: what does that entail?
4: Well, you know, standing right there and, like, measure everything out. You know, I was supposed to double for Vincent D'Onofrio, but he asked me to buy about 40 pounds. Takes up a little bit more of the frame than I do. So <laughs> that didn't quite work out. But John works out quite well. You know? do you,
0: have you? Do you hang out with him? Or you, oh, yeah. You can't yeah. be in the same place. At the you same can't, time. No,
4: can't do it at the same time. You know, no. He goes to his trailer and then comes out. You know, we've spoken. It's not like we hang out together or anything. You know.
0: So you stand there and like on a film set.
4: You stand there and they go doing okay, nothing. They, they, yeah, they measure you. You know, they, where all the lights are and all the camera angles, and they walk you through like what you're going to do. Okay, now kick in the door, shoot these two guys. Okay, and walk back yeah. out. You know, and then okay, now go sit down, and John comes in and does the real thing.
0: It's so act- like a sound check.
4: Yeah, basically. Wow. It's a visual check, okay. right? It's a
0: visual check. So you do the actual acting not just the... Oh not, no, I just not, wa-
4: I just walk through it. He does. Yeah, but he, they're
0: not lighting. I mean, I thought you stood there and they lit you. That's what I thought. That's that, what I mean, they, they, they do But they, they, I didn't realize you actually had to walk through that. Well, because
4: action. they have to see how the camera follows you, right. you know, and they have to see if the lights change and what shadows might fall and stuff like that. So they, they you know, I stand there and they do everything and then like, "Okay, screw." And then bring in the real actor. Come <laughs> in
0: Gabriel, anybody, <clears throat> anybody want a drink? Is Gabriel's the waitress to see mm. you. Uh, Another one of those? Do you get it? through it, these. It's going to help. Man. It's sure. going to help. You we, might need we, another Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <know> water. <laughs> Randy's on water? No, yeah. No, uh, you want an old-fashioned? No, I'll do a white Russian in the honor in of the it, Right, there you. you go. Bring him a Caucasian. <laughs> well bring, him, well bring him a Caucasian. <laughs> so, that was it. so that was an old-fashioned you're drinking, now you're drinking yeah. a white Russian. What's the hangover quotient of those um, combinations? don't well, know. Shook your... It'll be okay? Your wife is here, Natalie. Oh, fiance, it. we're getting married. Oh, when's the wedding? Uh, get, oh, Getting okay. married next month. Hey, Why, well, wait? Yeah, I reveal the water. With water. <laughs> water with a splash <laughs> of divinity, okay? Yeah. <laughs>
1: this is beautiful right divine. here. Divinity, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Have you got anyone to tell I'm only him. joking. Just the water straight, okay? He'll who's, give me the divinity. Who's the celebrant? Uh,
1: we've got two priests. Uh, actual Catholic, priests. Catholic priests. Oh, God, I don't want to say actual cellar. priest because he's actual.
0: He's an actual doctor of divinity. That does not make Well, and you're an ordained minister by your own. That's correct. But who, so, who's marrying you guys? A real, actual priest? Yeah,
1: a real, actual priest. One two? from, two of them. One from Baton Rouge and one from Lafayette. We're getting married in Lafayette. So, where are you from? I'm from Baton Rouge, and uh, she's from Lafayette. Okay, now she, and our connection in New Orleans is she just graduated from Tulane, so been here for the
0: past two years. And you are from Baton Rouge, correct? Okay, now say the word Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Now. Okay, Baton Rouge. I don't say. Yeah. You say Baton Rouge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you say Baton Rouge and you say Lafayette, yeah, with the L A. LA. That's correct. And your fiance is from Lafayette. Lafayette. I say Lafayette. I think I
1: said you probably say Lafayette.
0: I don't know what Lafayette. I say. What do you say, Doctor Does Lafayette? Any... What do you say, Rand? I say Lafayette. You say La with the Lafayette. Lafayette. What's the Cajun pronunciation of it? Is it Lafayette? W- <laughs> it's French, isn't it? I guess it's. She sounds like she's got the Cajun <laughs> accent. Right. Yeah, so are you Cajun, Natalie? You. Partially, half Cajun. Cajun. Okay, so Lafayette it is Okay, anyway, so why do you need two priests to get married? You know, to keep both parents happy. They have their own favorite priest, each one of you. Yeah, they
1: both do, and it works because they're actually friends. And one of them, one of the priests, your parents are friends.
0: You both, I mean, you.
1: The priests are actual friends, and one of the priests played in her parents' wedding, played in the band.
0: I was just so it come really. full circle. Mm. He, was he a priest? Or he he was played a, in the
1: bandit. Well, he was a guitar player. I don't, was he a priest he was at the time? DJ and he was DJ. He, he was a DJ, yeah, okay, he was a DJ a for her parents' wedding, right. and now he's going to preside over our wedding. So it's full circle. You now know? they're going right. to do it together. One, do, I mean, the one does time. the homily, what's and the, one. What's do, the homily? After the gospel. Oh, dear. They you lost they <laughs> <laughs> I lost you. Yeah. Um, anyway, after I think they, can they read it out. the gospel. They they do a homily which describes what the gospel talks about oh. and ties it all into the wedding and about These me Catholic and weddings
0: go on for a long time. Oh, they're
1: a long time. A lot yeah. of It's like uh, a mass
0: basically and then you they got a little bit of a wedding thrown in there.
1: Yeah, it's a full mass. Yeah, it's a big stand ge- up, sit down, kneel down, right, stand right. up. It's a lot of
0: Jesus <laughs> stuff and then a little bit of wedding. Mm-hmm. in there
1: yeah,
4: they throw that in. Yeah, just to keep everybody amused.
0: <laughs> did you have a religious upbringing, Doctor Smith? Oh, absolutely.
4: What religion? Uh, were you I, w- in? I was raised Catholic. Yeah, you know, right.
0: Randy, did you come up with any religion? You're from New Orleans. Methodist. Methodist. Yeah. What church did you go to? What school? what school did you go to here in New Orleans?
2: I went to Gene uh, Gordon Elementary.
0: Where's that? Where was? It? Is it still
2: here? It's not here no. Well, actually, it is. They put some some. Fake buildings up across the street. I used to live right across the street from the school. It was over there on Paris and Robert E. Lee. And uh, they took, you know, the hurricane ruined oh, it. it I went to Gregory, which was down a little further down the street. And then I went to Kennedy to go to high school. And I went to UNO. So they were all in the neighborhood. I could, you know. Yeah. Think, so
0: is that all Orleans or is that Jefferson?
2: No. All or, you know, in Orleans. It's all Orleans Park. Yeah. Yeah. Out by the lakefront.
0: Right. Wow. So, you're, so listen, um, we haven't talked about you know, your stellar career or starting out or anything, so it's a whole different kind of interview for you. Um, I'm sure people ask you the same question over and over. You're a rock star. You started out in the 70s. You had a huge monster rock and roll career in New York and everywhere. Do you do the same interview all the time?
2: no, sometimes interviews are I did one of the worst interviews ever up in New York just recently I what even told it? I even told the guy so
0: <laughs> what was so bad about
2: it well he was. Trying to be funny. I guess it was one of those things you were just talking about, about the
0: line between being
2: clever, and, clever stupid. and
0: stupid. It's a fine line. Well,
2: he was not even near the line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was well, just... some of these radio guys aren't. Was it on radio?
2: No, it was outdoors. It was supposed to be on the radio, and we were doing a really big show in New York. And I thought it was a live broadcast to try to like just promote the show, but it wasn't. And anyway, to make a long story short. He says he, he's asking us ridiculous questions, and he says, "What's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to you on the <laughs> road?" And of course, I said, "This interview." So.
0: <laughs> that always goes down well.
2: Yeah, well, no, he was good with it. He even posted it. He was
0: proud of that.
2: You know, I think he was looking for that. It was pretty, pretty weird. You know. So what no, you... the answer is no. I don't always do that.
0: that so of what of are it. you doing now? You're on the road by yourself. Just with a guitar, a man. Right. A guitar. I'm just
2: doing a bunch of acoustic shows down here in Louisiana. I got some clubs. I'm doing a private party, and I'm playing at a thing called Uplifting the Coast in Baton Rouge on Sunday. Baton Rouge,
0: G- right? Guess, with a G.
2: Baton Rouge. Jet. That's how I said. However, it is Rouge, Rouge. Yeah.
0: Major says it with a G. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Rouge. Okay. Now here's a White Russian. Oh, nice. We need to get some photos of that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's your drink, right? But yeah, major. major. Yeah, okay. Yes, so, so, Randy, what sort of stuff are you doing on the right? You're, you're writing stuff for yourself now. I mean, for your solo career, you've been doing stuff all by... No,
2: I, don't, I haven't written anything. I'm not actually performing any solo material yet. I've been, I'm, what? I, yeah, Because I'm, I'm working up to it. I've been doing it for like 17 years now, and I'm really kind of slow, you know, <laughs> getting it together. Uh, what I've been doing is just playing a lot of the old Zebra stuff. I do something, I, uh, some songs I did from a solo record I did in 1990, but it was very heavy. And uh, I do a lot of cl- classic rock stuff. I do a lot of Beatles, the stuff I love. Right. You know, Elton John and Zeppelin oh. and Pink Floyd and Moody Blues. Oh, and so, I thought
0: you were doing singer songwriter stuff. So you just like to play.
2: Yeah, I'm just playing.
0: You just you like know? to get out and know, play and I'm sing.
2: kind of appealing to the uh, to the people my age, baby, baby boomers, you know, and... Uh, and so I, you know, there's enough zebra material certainly to go around, and we're doing another zebra record this year. And hopefully, I'll get around to writing something that I'd say, you know, acoustic, my own, right, kind of something unique. Uh, but I'm so busy, it's crazy.
0: I'm too busy to write. Let's talk about writing, because you're a you're a writer as well, Doctor Smith. Let's talk about writing in a minute. But Randy, first of all, a little bit about playing something. You want me to play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you thinking of playing? Let's see.
3: Bear and the bears are hibernating. The only sound in the forest is the sound of snow crashing to the ground. In the middle of loving. I hope you'll find a place in your heart for them They really can't do us any harm It's only us who can do harm to them This is never to small He owns guns You know he's got that gun in his hand He's a man Oh, he holds that precious life in his hands So in the middle of loving I hope you'll find a place in your heart for them, who really do now? When it's cold and the grass is gold.
0: Absolutely astounding! You can sit here and just do that at a little tiny table. I mean, I say this sometimes on the show too. Before that, if you're not familiar with what this looks like, and you're listening to this, this is we're at the Collins Hotel and sitting around a very small table. We were basically right on top of each other. Just to be able to well, almost. let loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> not literally. But try to erase that yeah. image yeah. from your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was amazing, wasn't <laughs> was it? Amazing. Yeah, that was. That was astounding. You can just sit there and do that, and that's effortless, apparently.
2: Oh, no, it, it, a little effort. That song,
0: just...
2: <laughs> ooh, ooh. It wasn't that effortless, but, yeah, you know, the, that's the whole idea of being able to do it everywhere, you know? But my guitar... Yeah, I, I noticed think, well, that gra- our producer, okay. Graham... Can we take it. I'll put, we can put oh, it somewhere yeah. else, you know? Sorry. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, okay. but I, I, I said we'd come back and talk about writing, but I wanted to change my mind about that because you, that song has a, 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 the lyric about a gun in your hand. Right, right, so right. So I thought right. it's a good opportunity to talk about hunting.
1: Well, it's perfect.
0: Don't you think it's a good segue? Sure. Tell not. us a little bit about that song before we move on to what what was that song?
2: It's my anti-hunting
0: song. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so a, tell a, a, us a I'm little bit of a, tell us a little bit about that then.
2: Well, when I was when I was a kid, my parents had a farm. I mean, my grandparents had a farm in Texas, and uh, I used to go fishing, and uh, my my cousins went hunting. To, hunting, I never did. I actually did any. Yeah, this you got to get.
0: I got to get, get, get on that. Get, mic. A, get a little. Yeah, mic, no, yeah? yeah,
2: that's it. So. Uh, you know, I used to do some fishing and uh, and I had a great time. You know, my uh, my cousins hunted. Uh, I would go out with them sometimes. But uh, as time went on, I kind of felt a little bit guilty. My my grandfather raised cattle for a living, and he uh, he didn't slaughter the cattle. He just raised them, and so uh, I just kind of what did got they do this, with them. Uh, well, eat them. They would eat the. We had to. <laughs> Oh, he, he would send them to the slaughterhouse. He personally didn't. Right, him. I didn't. I, did, saw, I didn't I see it. him see him slaughtering the cattle, right. but I just got the uh, feeling that I just didn't. I, I, I felt there was more to the animals than, than just the them just being animals right. and eating them. And so my whole thing was uh, like I'm vegetarian now, but it's because not for health reasons. It's because I just don't believe in ending the consciousness
0: of the animal. Oh another, bee. you know, yeah. Wow, we're going to have an interesting conversation here. I think, so, um,
1: <laughs> uh, my theory is to each his own. I mean, for him to say that, I mean, that's that's his opinion, and I I can't argue with somebody else's opinion. That's to each his own. Right. I mean, well, no,
2: I, I mean, look, when you when you when you say to each his own, I mean, I, obviously, everyone there's a lot of people that eat meat. Yeah, sure. And They don't <laughs> go out and hunt it. Well, sure, sure,
1: right. But um, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat it. Then you might as well go out and hunt it, is my theory. Well, the question becomes this. Do you
2: think that, that animals have a, are conscious? I mean, do you think they're conscious? Do you think they're worthy of, of you know?
1: Um, I mean, I mean I, I'm a dog lover. I love my dog. My dog is... Do you think it, your dog has a consciousness? Well, sure. Okay. So do you think that any
2: of the animals that you might hunt might have a consciousness? I don't know. Well, is that why you're able to sleep at night when you hunt? Sure. That is, because you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, do you know if I have a consciousness? (laughs) You don't. I don't. No more than you know whether a a cow or a rock. All you can do is go by what... All I do is go by what I see. And when I see an animal run away from me, my rule is if it tries to get away, it doesn't want to be killed and it doesn't want to be eaten. And you know what? let me say something else i mean i'm not just am not against you know providing for my family like if i was in the middle of the jungle 400 years ago and i had to kill an animal to survive i'd be right there i'd do it with my bare hands yeah. no problem but we we live in 2012 we don't have to do that and i just think it's we're 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 past the point where we have to do it and most of the friends i talk to that say oh yeah you know, i've been thinking about being a vegetarian you know, they don't. They never. They don't think about it when they're eating the meat. I was talking to my lawyer last night. And he was saying, "Yeah." He says, "He says I. You know, I I can't watch those wild game shows." I said, "You can't." I said, "Even a lawyer." Yeah, he said, "Yeah, lawyer, right, yeah, especially yeah. a lawyer, <laughs> especially right <there>. a lawyer <laughs> yeah. no conscience." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was saying he can't watch the tiger. You know, kill the zebra. I said, "Well, why not?" I said, "They need to. They have to. That's the only way they can survive." I said, "There's nothing wrong about that." It bothered him. I said, "Well." Maybe it bothers you because you're eating the meat and you don't have to deal with it. He says, you know, maybe that's what it is. You but know?
0: don't animals know that we eat them and, and they eat each other?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, like he was saying, if you were in the jungle, and that's how, we, that's how everything originally started is survival. I mean, survival of the fittest, kill or be killed. And um, that's they were, they were going to kill these animals to eat. Now, granted, he's right. It is different now. But if I'm going to go to the supermarket and buy a ribeye, and that's what I believe I can do, then I don't think I'm any different than the person who goes out and shoots that deer and cleans it. Right. And
0: so it's hypocritical, in, in your opinion, to buy yeah, meat if, in the it, store and not eat it. Which he's be not being a hypocrite. Yourself, he stands by what he's saying and not he, yeah, yeah. He's not he acts on it.
1: Right. But, but people that eat meat or but are against hunting. Or where the, where's
0: that leather purse? I mean, that's, that's they're ridiculous. they supporting the
2: same thing, the end of the consciousness. So yeah, There's right. no exactly. difference, really. Well, Just because I'm pulling the
0: trigger. Doesn't everything have a consciousness? No. I mean, consciousness meaning that something is aware of its own existence. I think is so. Is that what a consciousness means? I think mind? so. I yeah. think a clam has a consciousness right. well, to what some a, extent. You know, well, it clams what a, up to
2: try to hide, you
0: know. But all of us have that... F- fight-or-flight mentality or response, don't we? Well, yeah, nobody well, wants to be killed and eaten. Nothing. No. And I'm, I'm sure... Even the... a cockroach doesn't want you to kill. No, them. no. Right. Well, so... that, well, well, that brings up a point. Dr. I mean, Smith. you know, you can... All, yeah, you can...
4: How far are you willing to take it, right? Because then you go, okay, to grow vegetables, right? One must plow the fields, Right. So that means, like, probably myriad, you know, varieties of, like, insects and stuff are being destroyed to grow, grow, you know, vegetables. Now, do they have a consciousness, you know? So, again, you know, it's, I'm an omnivore. I eat everything, okay? You
0: you have no so You're right in the middle here. Yeah, right.
4: Well, hey, I've hunted. I've fished, you know. I'll eat it, you know. I'll eat it if it doesn't move
0: well, wait a minute, I'll amend that. <laughs> I don't want to limit myself. <laughs> but Major, what you're doing is you're hunting stuff just for as a sport.
1: Well, for, for a sport and in the end for, for dinner. I mean, we, we eat
0: what we kill. So this hunting show called Wild, Wild Game, Game Nation, Nation. What exactly is that? The
1: Wild Game Nation is actually, it's a show, my two bosses and their dad, it's a, it's a reality hunting show. It shows them running a business shows all the people in the office running this business and shows them out in the field hunting uh kind of a playoff of OCC you've seen Orange County Chopper on Discovery Channel where they're building these bikes yeah Uh, kind of a playoff of that family oriented business go out and hunt together um and and we've had celebrities on our show such as Scotty Pippen hunting with us last year I mean who would have thought six foot seven basketball players hunting with a Bunch of white guys. You went, you went out hunting with Scotty. <laughs> Pippen? I hunted with Scotty Pippen last year. <laughs> okay. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, the the field goal kicker for the he plays for the Colts now, hunted with us. Um, and Jason Aldine, country musician. Luke Bryan. So we've I mean, a lot of different so hunt, a, uh, hunters out there, hunters out there from all walks of life.
0: This is for the show, or just because? They no, want?
1: this is for the show, and right. that's our way of keeping the show hip and so what, uh, promoting it is by having these people. So they use our products. The show. Started because we want to market our products. We sell crossbows, uh, deer attractants. Deer
0: attractants? Yep. It's like urine. Uh, we promote urine. There you go. We promote urine. Yep. <laughs> Can I use that? All yeah, right. <laughs> There's a promo for this I show. got a trademark on that one, Grant. <laughs>
4: yeah. um, Let me get another drink. I'll promote some urine
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you another drink. We promote urine. What does that mean? So, they, is that true? That- we
1: promote a, a company that sells urine. It's called Buck Bomb. Buck bomb. And, and, uh, and obviously, what urine does. How do you for hunting, get the
0: deer urine, dude?
1: Uh, they, they have deer forms where well, they, they bottle the piss, bottle the piss out of it. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> Someone's job is to go around while the deer is taking a leak and stick a bottle under it? Yep. <laughs> like, in a, like a hospital, sort of geriatric hospital? Exactly. Have and you seen that happen as well? And, they, and they,
1: they sell a ton of piss in Walmart. Really? Yeah, they sell the piss out of it.
0: Walmart sells deer urine. Yep. Is and, that and really the, the true? the principle behind yeah. that what, is... What aisle is that on in there? <laughs> I mean, I don't expect you to know that's every crazy. store. but <laughs> It's in the meat aisle. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's well, very strange. Opposite sign. <laughs> so so what is, what, what's your function on the show? What do you do on the show? So I'm the
1: marketing manager, so I okay. line up. Well, first off, I film for the show. I actually grab the camera and film, and then sometimes I'm on the show hunting. And then my role with the company is I line us up with these outdoor riders, say Field and Stream, You're, you fish, Field and Stream, we're all familiar with that. We want, we want big magazines like that to feature our products in their articles or in their what's new category or their best of for 2012. So the
0: products are things that you use
1: in hunting. Exactly. And the point of the show is to market our products. Okay. If, so it's a bit of an, it's like an infomercial basically. Yeah, if you're you selling will. it as a reality Yeah, show. we're selling it as a reality show. But you better believe we're going to use our crossbow to kill that animal over the, our food Why plot. Why would
0: someone use a crossbow to kill an animal?
1: Well, there's a few different reasons. There's a lot of hunters out there that can't archery hunt. They can't pull back a bow anymore, say older folks. Or there's, so shouldn't they be retired? Nah, man. When, when People love it.
0: So I mean, you get a crossbow. Like, so you just cross- like
1: if he wants to keep playing guitar forever, and find a, if something happens to his hand, he'll find a way to keep doing music. Am I right? No.
0: <laughs> 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 write that off, right? Talk that one up. Okay. Right? That's a good argument, but apparently you know, it's not going to fly. Right, well, Major, that was a
4: question. What's a go gopher these days? What's your range of price on one of your the Your range of price.
1: We, we sell them from $200 all the way up to $1,000. What's the difference? Uh, speed. $800. Yeah. Thank you. $800 <laughs> and speed. speed.
0: So for $800, I've got more of a chance of killing something? Mm. Or do I have to steal? You've it? got a
1: cooler bow to tell your friends about and possibly a good chance of killing something at a longer distance.
0: How, how far away do I have? I mean, you've got to, obviously, <laughs> I have to have a straight shot through the woods at some poor creature. With Is it a, weird? That I don't feel totally comfortable awful right to now
1: me. with him staring me down about this
0: crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, very very close to each other at this table. You have to really be- you know, believe in what you're saying. No, you no. Know? There's
1: I definitely do. Because I
0: can see that you know, Randy could reach across and strangle. <laughs> him. No, come on. You know, because I'm, I'm, but we, I'm don't, vegetarian. Know that, well, we <laughs> don't know that. We don't know. We don't know that he has a conscience, really. Uh, but yeah. You,
2: well, you know the 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 whole thing with me is is that you know there's got to be you know everybody's got a hobby. Sure. You know most people do anyway. And and your hobby you you get off on what you do. You enjoy it. So there's got to be something about hunting. As opposed to just going to the store and buying meat that you enjoy. Yeah. And what is that?
1: Well, that joy started off as just hanging out with my dad. My dad was well, going hunting every weekend. Okay. And so me too. if yeah, I didn't want to go,
2: I went fishing with my father. Yeah.
1: If you didn't want to go, you stay staying home with mom, you're right. just staying home. Right. So you go. So then that's when you decide whether or not you enjoy that hobby. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, so I kept going, Right. bringing friends and teaching them about hunting. And, and and I think I get a lot of joy of showing people about hunting and passing it on. Clean show them how to clean the animal, how to cook the animal. I, I get a lot of, But why, when you're hunting, when you make the shot. That's what I'm talking about cuz that's why you're there.
2: You're there, cleaning and all that stuff, that's all nice. But the shot
1: and taking the You say the that, life, but it's a, it's an experience as a whole. But well, you're I'm, right
2: and, and it's not an experience that I'm not familiar with. I've been there. Okay. You know, and I've caught fish and I've cleaned the fish. And I've done all that stuff, but my point is, is that if if somebody offered you an alternative and said, "Listen, we can feed you stuff that sa- tastes just like meat. You don't ever have to, but we don't ever have to end the consciousness again." Would you consider it? Not a shot. It, it, could, be hard it could be half no. as, Why? It, it could be half as good as meat. Well, then, what is it about? It, kill? No, I'm not. I'm saying no, let no. Let's just for argument's sake. It's, what is it about? It's as good as meat or better than meat. This is 2012. Let's just say, for argument's sake, if somebody could offer you that, would you consider stop hunting?
1: No. I mean, I love sitting out in the woods, and I'm going to get to the shot. I love sitting out in the woods waiting for that animal. I love working in the woods to bring that animal in, whether it's planning six months before I'm sitting there or putting my stand up. And then when you're sitting there waiting for that animal, suspense, you might be reading a book. It's very, very peaceful out there. You might love that. Just don't shoot. Just watching the animals, watching the birds, sure, appreciating it all. Yeah, that, absolutely. It's great. And then when that animal steps all that work comes together and you stand up and draw that bow back. I've never done drugs, but I've been told it's as close as, as closest thing possible to doing drugs. Adrenaline, you're doing The talking adrenaline
0: about. rush. Right. Well, we could do some drugs now. And see. I was going to say, <laughs> it, really, it's <laughs> nothing. It's nothing like it's
2: nothing, not like,
4: it's nothing like drugs, believe. <laughs>
2: do, do drugs and save an animal, right?
4: Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Why have you <laughs> ever done any drugs at all, Major? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hardcore drugs where you would get. I mean, I've giggled. I mean, I've, I've smoked pot, and, right, so and I mean, laughed. But that's not. That's not You talking about doing like
0: heroin or? Acid yeah, I'm or
1: talking about the adrenaline rush that people have hunted and done drugs, maybe as a maybe hunted as a substitute to doing drugs, and said... I can't see the connection between us there's, there's people that, that do drugs and go running m- right. marathons because it's a runner's high. Right. It's the same thing. It's a hunter's
0: high. So I think Randy's question, which is interesting too, which is, it, is, is it there an excitement in killing something? I don't think so.
1: I, I don't think well, there what, is. What
2: are you describing, though, when you're saying you... Yeah, they, the, the the rush?
1: Ex- yeah. Well, the, the rush is when that animal's coming in, and, and win, lose, or draw, you may hit that animal, you may not. You still get the same rush. Oh, that's interesting. Do you? Right? Well, yeah, I, I mean...
2: I, it's the anticipation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, all...
1: when, that, when that animal's dead, I don't stand over it and gloat, and I don't... That's not the high. The high is the anticipation. So, mm. it might be part of the kill. I, I don't know. But I hope that me, makes sense.
2: But, well, let me ask you this. I mean... Uh, we, we we already discussed this about how you feel about the consciousness, but obviously you feel like the animal is lesser of a creature than we are.
1: Yeah, obviously, and I wouldn't you, shoot my where, buddy who was walking up.
2: Well, where do you where do you get that from? Where do you get that they're lesser of a creature? Where did you learn that?
1: Like I said, it's in, ingrained in me from going with my dad, and I guess maybe. You did. You said you did the same thing growing up. Yeah, um, did. So, I hunted,
2: and the camaraderie with the family and everything, yeah. But yeah, so I, that's I where certain, I
1: got it from. But at
2: a certain point, I said to myself on my own, or, you know, in my late teenage years, that this was just not, I mean, I had like an empathy for the animals, you know. I couldn't accept that they didn't have, and my grandmother kept saying, no, they don't have souls. I said, what do you mean they don't have souls? Who are you talking about, about what a soul is, you yeah. know? I mean, I just wasn't buying it because there were too many similarities between the way a cat or a dog would act towards me and then I would see other people act, you know, towards each other, that I couldn't just cut it off like that. In other words, to shoot an animal, to me, you'd have to turn them into a machine. They'd have to become equal to a, like, a, a telephone You know, we could shoot a telephone and put it out of and kill it, but I can't. I couldn't see doing it to an animal because I feel like they aren't any lower or as low as they'd have to be for me to shoot it. That's my
1: problem.
0: Okay. Hey, Major, how often do you hear this kind of conversation? It's
1: rare. It's rare. We 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 promote a lot of our products on, uh, I mean, outlets such as YouTube or some of these. Different websites where we have our products posted, and, and we'll get some some flack. We'll get some feedback, but in general conversation, when but in general conversation, around, very rarely. So you um, do not have to defend this. Behavior. No, so I really wasn't ready, and I, I, I no, guess we I, don't, I didn't know you were coming. And I, I guess this
2: is <laughs> an ambush. Please. And I'm glad
1: I'm not ready. And I know it's not an ambush. I like somebody yeah. who speaks their mind, and I appreciate that. I appreciate other opinions. That's what that's what everything's yeah. made of. And I, and I don't, Doctor Smith. I don't, where are I you don't
2: on? preach it well, when I'm around other right. hunters, you know. I mean, it's not like something I do, you know. But because of this thing, I think it's great, you know, to have the
1: conversation. Brandon, are yes. you are you vegan or are you vegetarian? Just vegetarian. You so know? the fish, how are they different? Well, no,
2: I don't eat that, fish. Okay, you don't eat fish either. No, but vegan is completely. They won't even eat rooted plants. Really? They won't kill the plant. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so the difference. A, vegan doesn't mean you won't eat mm. fish. Vegans don't eat. Vegans don't eat fish, chicken, or you well, know. than any dairy products either. I believe.
4: Oh, God, and they all look so unhealthy to me. You know, <laughs> so really, frail. Really oh, frail! They're just awful. And they all smoke like crazy. You know, and I you know, I just you know, I feel like you know, if you know, cows were any smarter, they'd eat us.
0: You know, <laughs> you think it's an it's an IQ. I think it's
4: an IQ level thing. The higher yeah. the yeah, IQ, yeah, higher IQ, It's the right. lower IQ, yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do, you know. I mean, you know, mm. if dolphins had opposable thumbs and could just like knock it off, will you?
0: <laughs> you know, perhaps they would. Are dolphins as smart as humans as everybody Oh, suggests? dolphins
4: are a lot smarter than a lot of humans I've met.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know. How did you How did you get to be John Cusack's stand in? Uh, just How hey, do you get a gig like that?
4: Uh, you sign on to like, you know, a couple of different websites around here, my casting file, post a couple of pictures, you know, give them your vitals, you know, and. Then uh, somebody will call you. Are you, are you, a, a,
0: sc- are you a screenwriter as well? Uh,
4: I have, I've, yeah, I've got a couple of scripts in development hell right now. You but know. That's
0: the normal. How do you? Yeah, you know, I thought to, you were too. Yeah, I've written some screenplays. Yeah. How do you get to be here and have scripts in development? What's the process?
4: Well, 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 the, the scripts in development happened when I was living up in New York. You know, they got sold out there, and so like uh, certain things happened, and I ended up coming down here. You know, so how that, long have you been here? Uh, this time, hmm. okay. This time, I moved here about two years ago. Okay, the
0: first time you came here was 1970-something. 77. 1977. Yeah. Two years after Zebra formed. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Did you see? <laughs> yes. You see see, my oh, like, correctly. Yeah, I'm a, like a mathematical genius. on Did you see zebra down here when the, uh, No, 70? I'm afraid I didn't. What when did I, you do in 1970?
4: I came down. I came down for Jazz Fest. I was one of those types of guys. You know, those are the
0: early days. Those are the
4: early days. Like I said, well, right across from the columns here was where I used to stay. It's torn down now. A place called the Uptown Inn, and uh, it was great. You know, I used to come down when Jazz Fest. Show you how long ago it was. It was you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday the first weekend, and Saturday, Sunday the subsequent weekend. It was seven dollars a day, twenty dollars for yeah, the weekend. That's you know. more like it. Right. Well, and the Uptown Inn was they. It was uh, fifty dollars for a double. And uh, the greatest thing about it is like when the maids cleaned up, they took the ashtrays, emptied them out, took all our roaches out of it, put them back in the ashtrays. I said, "Now that is room a good, that's service." Right. Now, now we're talking about some room service here. <laughs> that's you know? a good hotel, and that, in, that endeared me forever. You know, unfortunately, the Uptownian is gone now. It's replaced. But, it's a uh, hospital now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's only yeah, fitting, yeah, entirely fitting. So you're
0: living. So you're from New York.
4: Uh, I'm originally from Illinois, but. You know, traveled all over, and I uh, was in New York for like you know, a long period of time, and then. Uh, so when you
0: came down from for Jazz Fest in seventy seven, you were coming from New York.
4: Yeah, okay. yeah. For, first year I came down, I took a uh, took Amtrak, and it was uh, from uh, New York to here. It was twenty four hours, and it was $145, wow. and one hundred and forty five dollars. Wow, one way. What yeah. hit
0: you about New Orleans when you first got here, the very first time?
4: Oh, the smell. No, <laughs> uh, no. I came down here for a purpose because I always, lo- I always had loved the music. And one of the things about Jazz Fest then, you know, if I may like, speak about it now, is that I would come down here and like see everybody that was playing and see all these acts that I knew would never ever tour. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that's why I came down here to see them. You know, I knew Ironing Board Sam was never going to tour New York. Okay, <laughs> you know, all these places. You know, you know, you know. That was before even like. You know, even before the meters were on the road or stuff like that, I could see all these things you know down here, and that's what I came for. You know, well, that's what Jazz Fist used to be. That's what it used to be, and that's what you know. It's uh, sort of my like I real, real hair across my behind over this years, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought the Beach Boys were an entire embarrassment, you know, and uh, I think I didn't think the Eagles have any place there, and I think that like the million dollars that they spent to get those two acts there. I can name, like, right off the top of my head, 20 acts that you could have paid and gotten for the same amount of money. Marianne Faithful just recorded a record down here on Piety Street with you know, Alan Toussaint and the Usual Suspects, right? You could have Raul Malo and the Mavericks, Cassandra Wilson, Madeline Pace Show, you know, uh, you know, Richard Thompson, who does come down and do a solo act quite often. T-Bone Burnett could have come down and brought his whole act down here. I mean, all these all these people that could have played here and would have, like, you know, been expanded this... Jazz Fest doesn't need those gigantic acts. Jazz Fest is going to get the same amount of people no matter who's there, okay? You know, okay, we we'll give it to Bruce because Bruce has that connection after, like, the Seeker sessions and do all that. But, like, you don't need to do that. I mean, it, 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 for me, for me, it's unnecessary. It's, it's painting the lily. I think
0: a lot of people believe the same thing you believe, that the reason we're paying 60 bucks to get into Jazz Fest is because we're paying the Beach Boys and the Eagles so much money and so on, and we would have a much better Jazz Fest without those bands I, I and sh- we wouldn't have to pay the money and we could actually afford to go more than one day like we used to be able to go every day but I don't think anyone's listening you no know, I know
4: it's, it's you know again you know I, I don't even have a choir to preach to I'm banging my head against the wall here because you know I think that uh you know, it's, you know, it, all the corporate sponsors of stuff have taken over to, the, to a certain point where it's going into, like, you know, uh, certainly, you know, the French Quarter Fest. You know, now that's even expanding, although that's been better this year because, like, you know, the, you know, the local musicians get paid more. I Always for local musicians getting paid. You
0: get paid more to play French Quarter Fest than Jazz Fest?
4: Well, no, but, I mean, they weren't getting paid at all before, but this year, you know, oh, okay. mark, marked a change where they were getting paid. And uh so I thought I think that I just think that I think that's important because that's that's one of the big selling points down here and it's one of the things that keep people here and one, one of the things well, that makes New Orleans exactly what it
0: is. One of the great things about New Orleans is the local musicians who come from here and all the incredibly talented people and Randy Jackson's one of them. And he's sitting right next to us with a yeah. guitar in his hand.
2: Took us thirty seven years yeah. to get to Jazz Fest. That's right. 30 another overnight years. sensation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Two million records. Yeah. A huge career around the world, sold out stadiums, sold out stadiums around across America and around the world. And Jazz Fest only invited you in 2012. Thirty seven yep. years it took
2: thirty seven years, and uh, we were happy to be here. But uh, it was you know, it was weird because in the beginning that was the excuse that we're rock and roll, we're English yeah. rock, and that you know doesn't you know, fit. We're, yeah, it doesn't fit the Jazz Fest format. But then later on, they started you know inviting a lot of groups that were similar to what we were doing. So. And then that was 20 years ago. (laughs) And so, like, for the last 20 years, we're still just scratching our heads. So we were pleasantly surprised when we got invited. And, uh, you know, I think a a lot of it had to do with uh, a lot of the people that are involved in Jazz Fest, you know, uh, hands-on people in, in charge are people that grew up listening to Zebra back in the day. You know, they're in their 40s and their 50s now. And so the politics has sort of swung our way. And, uh, you and know. You,
0: didn't you open for the, when the Beach Boys? Yeah, we were, we were came on right
2: before the Beach Boys. Yeah. And, and I, I hate to argue the point, but I thought the Beach Boys were phenomenal. <laughs> I love
0: them. Ah, really?
2: Yeah. Well, but The
4: backup ex- band was great, but, you know, come uh, on. I mean, well,
2: yeah, but that's uh, part of the package, you know. John Stamos uh, came out uh, and uh, did his thing. Oh, my God. Wasn't that your favorite part? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's interesting. You really love the show. You love the Beach Boys, right? I love yeah. And, yeah. Mark,
4: you really didn't like No, there's an embarrassment to me. But, you know, not to me personally, but it's just like, you know, now if they had had Van Dyke Parks on there. (laughs) <laughs> that would have been a whole different thing, you know. But uh, no, it's just like I, you know, there were, you know, my attention was drawn elsewhere. You know, I mean, again, well, that's like,
2: why they've got so many things going on there. I right. mean, you don't have to be stuck to the big stage. That, that's you certainly. know, there's something for everybody, sure. and, and that's what I think was great. I've only been to Jazz Fest twice, and that was one of the times was when we You've played, only played twice <laughs> in your whole life. Yeah, I play in my whole life. And you yeah. were born
0: and raised here. Yep. Yeah. What happened all those years when you were growing up? You didn't. I was to- playing. So oh, I guess, no. I, well, I mean, Jazz Fest. when you lived here.
2: Yeah. When did Jazz Fest start? We're 1970. Here. Okay. Well, uh, it had only been around five years when Zebra got yeah, together. Right. And at that point, we were playing all the time, you know. Uh, I just never made it out. But we yeah. were rock and roll. Right. So. Sorry, baby. I'm booked. I got a gig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty
0: much, yeah. Randy, no. let's make you play another song. You want to force me? Yeah, I'm going to force you.
2: At gunpoint? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 we, we would never. <laughs> no, at crossbow point. Oh, it's, I think it's, it's okay. okay. It's kind of okay. acting as a little mute here. Okay. So let's see. Let's make sure I'm in tune. So
0: last time you played your anti-hunting song, what are you going to play this Well,
2: I'm, I have a song that's kind of like in the same theme. It's the only other one that's like... <laughs> Conveniently. <light. laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we're on the subject, but it's a good one. It's on the fourth, the last Zebra record. It came out like 10 years ago. Like I said, I take a lot of time.
0: To get around to writing new songs, yeah,
2: and it's got a little animal stuff in it, but it's also got a little religious stuff in it. Oh, it's too. got something I for both of we our other guests,
0: Doctor Divinity,
2: and yeah, we're
4: working at a little politics and get everybody in a fist yeah. fight here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Doctor uh,
1: Divinity and Doctor Kavorkian in yeah, the house. <laughs> okay. There right, we go. All right, I like
2: that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is called "Who Am I."
3: Try to stay calm as you open the door But you can't remember what you came here for Looking at life from the edge of the sun You think if God is here, why should this pain be done? Try to stay calm, but you can't understand Why a man is begging and it's not your hand You go and ask why and they tell you to pray You look around for the answers to life It's all of your fears surrounding you You get a book explaining 10,000 years But there are five But the animal's dead because he doesn't count. It's what the good book says. Think about that and your thinking may change. When the soulless creature makes you feel ashamed. How can men claim that they can understand when the words they read were written by a man? Take a ride through the magic of life As all of your fears surround you We're all alone from beginning to end While separating As you open the door. You better have faith, or you'll be no more. I just stay calm, but you can't understand why the good's not counted in a faithless man. Who am I? A question of you. Who am I?
0: Thank you. Randy Jackson, who am I? Is there an answer to it?
2: Yes, I'm Randy Jackson, not of American <laughs> Idol.
0: <laughs>
1: You're not. I bet that messed Wait you up. <laughs> you spend 30 years working on that name, and some no-telling-ass clown shows up. Until
2: right. Well, I, I have a great, some great Randy Jackson stories for you. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. from uh, Baton Rouge, isn't he? He's from Baton Rouge, and uh, we actually almost played together in 1989. Really? Yeah, he was a baseball. Bass player for Journey. And back He was? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. He played for Journey, and William Morris Agency booked them. And back then, the tables were slightly turned because on their website, on William Morris's website, it would say Randy Jackson, ex zebra. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know who Randy Jackson, the other
0: Randy Jackson was.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, and then, you know, that year, I think in 1989, I was touring with the Jefferson Airplane doing back. A background uh, guitar and keyboards and stuff, and we were going to go to Japan. And Jack Cassidy, who was you know the bass player, he couldn't make it. So they were thinking about getting a bass player just to go over to do the Japan thing, and he was the guy. So the two Randy Jacksons get, could have been. It in the was going to be band. two Randy
0: Jacksons on stage. Yeah. Have you actually ever met Randy Jackson, the yeah. other one?
2: Yeah, met him uh, at the Mariah Carey concert up in New York. And uh, he well, was great.
0: Have he, you met Mariah Carey? That would be more. Yeah, exciting. yeah.
2: <laughs> Mariah Carey came in singing "Tell Me What You Want," one of the Zebra songs. You know, when I met her, you know, she was she's from Long Island, so she so you know,
0: she knows Zebra because you guys moved from New Orleans to New right, York to Long Island back, right. then, back yep. Well, way back, like in the
2: 1977. We were up there, oh, yeah. Right. So, so uh, Mariah
0: Carey knows your song.
2: Well, I mean, we're we're you know we were up there for a long time. We were getting played on the radio a whole lot. So probably when she was growing up, she heard it. You know,
0: that's cool. Do you get to hang out with any of the superstars like that? I don't go looking to hang out. (laughs) How about do you get to meet them? No, I've never met Mariah Carey. Have you guys ever met Mariah Carey, Major? (laughs) Never. Mark, no. Uh,
4: Not that I can remember. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: there is that. (laughs) But do you get to move in those circles, Randy? I don't, I don't
2: go, you know, I'm not like a big schmoozer guy, and the reason I was at that show was because uh, uh, Mariah, uh, Felix, our bass player in Zebra, his wife worked for Mariah Carey and had been working for her for about a year all around the world, and so they invited me to the show, and Randy Jackson was her musical director, I think, at that time. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago, and so uh, we thought it would be a good idea. So we, I went and, and we did it, you know. But I'm a little, I'm kind of shy, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not, when it comes to that stuff.
0: I believe it. Yeah. Talking of showbiz, Major, I see that in some information I gleaned about you here, it says that you were, uh, and I'll read it here. You were once asked to be a professional dancer at the Chris Owens Club on Bourbon Street. <laughs> There's, that's a good, gonna, that's a great, every, there's a great that's story a behind that night. on everybody's things. Oh, yeah. yeah let's yeah. hear it.
1: Grant, before we got on the show, you asked me to tell you a little tidbit about myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's one of the more interesting things about me. I think me. that's quite interesting. that's, well, that's It fortunate. is. And it's actually the first night we ever met. Um, and, we'd we'd, we'd gone down to the quarter. You and your fiancé, Natalie. Me and my fiancé, Natalie. First night we ever met. We, uh, we made a road trip down to the quarter. The first night you met or the first date you
0: went on? first night we met. Where did you meet? uh, We met at a crawfish bowl in Baton Rouge. Right. and With with a G. And at the crawfish bowl in (laughs) Baton Rouge with a G, you said, let's get in the car and go to
1: New Orleans. No. Four of her (laughs) friends said, let's get in the car and go to New Orleans. And me and a buddy of mine
0: said, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we went. How long ago was this? Uh, Four and a half years. Okay. That's a trick question. So six of you pile into a car having been drinking at the crawfish bowl, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: One of us not.
0: Okay, right, absolutely. Good crew, good Catholic crew. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's sober enough to drive to the French yep. Quarter. What so time of the night is this by now? 10.30, uh, 11 o'clock at night. You're setting off from Baton Rouge at 11 o'clock at night to yep. get down to the French Quarter? Down
1: I-10, I mean, one way. Well, you kind of go
0: one way at a time, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But it was an no. easy trip, you know, a straight shot.
0: Yeah, okay. we get We
1: get down to the Quarter. Uh, we, we're looking. Uh, we, we, I think we went to Razu's. And got just plummeted by a 300-pound black woman on the dance floor. Okay. And that was not disappointing. We danced with her for a while. <laughs> Razzu. Okay. And then uh, we, wanted, we wanted a low-key jazz bar. And we didn't know what Chris Owens was all about. Fairly young crew. We didn't realize it was a, a, a place that had been around forever and the history that it had. And she
0: would come out. It's Is like it? a burlesque type. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's like an old-fashioned. Well, how she's she got to be 80,
1: 80 years old, huh?
0: A showgirl. Showgirl. A showgirl. Yeah. Okay.
2: So
1: Old-fashioned showgirl. When, when I was in diapers, right. I know that. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what it was all about. We okay. found out later. But we were having fun dancing. Yeah, And uh, apparently I was pretty inebriated and, and danced a little too much and gave a little too much effort. And one of her workers came out and said, uh, gave me Son,
0: a... I don't know. You have a career. Here. Yeah. yeah. At the
2: Croissants Club. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So you weren't really too inebriated. You
1: were, you were just, I mean, in, I, just I,
2: inebriated I, enough. Well,
1: I, No, I was pretty inebriated, but I woke up with a card saying, call us if you want to come dance and open up for Chris Owens. That's
0: awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Apparently, he,
1: he was pretty inebriated because
0: uh, it's not that good. That's a pretty good story. Yeah, yeah. Right, It's a great That's story. That's a classic. Yeah,
1: we, uh, we remembered that one.
0: Mm. Very, cool. very nice. You guys, we've come to the end of our 60 Minutes together here. Goes fast on, on happy hour today. It certainly has gone quickly. Time flies when we you're ha- having fun. We have to get back together again because we haven't got through half the stuff. I wanted to ask you what your screenplays were about, Doctor Smith.
4: Oh well, you know, uh, comedies. You know, no, God, no, comedies. Hard. No, this is. So, you know, What is?
0: What do you write about? Uh,
4: you know, well, the two, the two that are, have been done right now. Oh, and oh, there's the music. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm being played. I'm being played off. We've got here.
0: time. We've got time for you to tell no. us briefly what. They oh, mean. okay.
4: The first one, Blue Smoke and Mirrors. And that's the title of it, and it's about uh, uh, a series of murders that take place of old blues musicians, you know, for their royalties, okay? Ah, that's a good story. And the second is Controlled Substances, and what it is is after the Cold War ends, it's a a number of renegade CIA agents develop a a drug that breaks down the chain of command, and they try to test it out in a uh, federal uh, prison, but it gets out into the general population, and mayhem ensues.
0: Okay. Well, they're quite different, both
4: those. I'll pitch them in 25 words or less, baby, nice. you know. Very Come good. on, you know. Okay. <laughs> showbiz.
0: Well, let's uh, hope we can see that, and we can look forward to seeing John Cusack in, what's the name of the movie? Motel. Motel, which you're the double four. Yes. As right, well. Right. And Major Person's show is called Wild Game Nation. It's on Sundays on the Outdoor Channel. At eight thirty every Sunday night.
1: Outdoor channels at seven thirty Central Time. Seven thirty Central. Channel
0: two forty seven locally here on Cox. All right, and Randy Jackson is on the road. The busiest summer of your life, apparently.
2: TheDoor.com. That's my channel.
0: TheDoor.com yeah, is where to find Zebra everything website. you need to know about Zebra and Randy right. Jackson. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here. Thanks, on Grant. I'm happy hour. It's been an interesting Thanks, hour, for that's me. for sure. Thank you, Grant. Wait till Enjoy you hear it. this show back. The producers of our show are Melinda Hawes, Anoush Karun, Trish Kaufman, and Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Unruh. Our web designer and link to the real world is Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was written and played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, and you can either talk about hunting or not. And Randy Jackson, remember? And Randy Jackson (laughs) played the theme in the beginning, that's right. But I got fired for the end. Uh, Do you want to play now? Come on. you need to play. Let's go. I feel like you're feeling sorry for me now. Here we go. Most popular
1: Zebra song.
0: If you'd like to be on our show... And you can stay upright for about an hour. Drop us a line at at gmail.com. Our show is recorded live at the Columns Hotel on St. Charles Avenue in Uptown New Orleans. You can check out our other happy hours and our other shows, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti live from Commander's Palace, Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pagek, and True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. They're all on our website, itsneworlands.com. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, You can follow us on Twitter, and you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworms.com. For Mitch Foreman, who's away today, Randy Jackson on guitar, I'm Grant Morris here at the Colm's Hotel. Until next time we meet on Happy Hour, thanks for joining us. Goodbye.